0: Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching, emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. I was reading about a teacher that was uh, telling her kids, and you know, she had younger kids, she told them, you need to bring in your money to buy your class picture. Remember those old class pictures where you'd have the teacher sitting there and all the other kids? She goes, you need to bring in your couple of dollars to buy your class picture because she said 30 years from now, 30 years from now, when you, you look at back at that class picture, you'll look back and say, well, look, there's, there's old Julie, that, she's a lawyer now. And one of the kids in the back said, yeah, and there's our teacher and she's dead. <laughs> I guess I got a black sense of humor. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, there's our teacher, and she's dead. Me and Joker, we kind of grew up going to the same school at Coggin Elementary, and we had a teacher there named Mrs. Rowlett preaching a, a funeral for Sam Corsi. I got done, and there she was standing there 30, about 30 years later. Over 30 years, there she was. Mrs. didn't change a bit. She goes, you were in my class. And I was thinking, uh-oh, you know, because I just got through preaching. I was thinking, she was going to send me to the corner again or something like that. I wasn't a very good kid. I was always sitting down in the corner. You know what's the worst thing about my, school, my life there at Coggin Elementary was? One of the family friends was a teacher there. So what happened was I'd be in, I'd be in a hallway in trouble, and she'd come walking by, and I like to call her Mrs. Snitch because I knew that she would snitch me out. She'd call my mom or my aunt and tell them, I saw Keegan in the hallway, and he was doing this, that, and another. She wasn't one of my family friends. Let's just say that. Alright, verse 14. Look at Joshua chapter 24. Starting at verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Joshua's giving his last address to Israel. He's about to take off and he's telling them you need to learn how to fear the Lord. And he's telling them serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Listen, you can be sincere as you want to be but if you don't have the truth it'll send you straight to hell. You don't think those Jehovah's Witnesses that are knocking on doors and going about and they get all dressed up to the nines and they go with their tie and they knock on everybody's door and get them slammed. You don't think they're sincere? Oh, yeah, they're very sincere. But they don't have the truth. You know, it takes a lot of sincerity to strap a bomb on your back and blow yourself up for Allah, amen? Those guys are very sincere. Very sincere. And it sends you straight to hell. Because sincerity without the truth is a lie. And that's why he says, Serve Him, serve the Lord, in Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. He said you've been serving these false gods and you've been serving these other gods that y'all were serving way before the flood, Genesis 6. Serving in Egypt. And he goes, you need to put them away and you need to serve the Lord. Look at verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, could you imagine, he's saying, you know, there's some of you that thinks it's evil for me to serve the Lord. And can you imagine sitting here in America in 2014 that you would think that Americans would think it's evil to serve the Lord? I could have never imagined it. But it is. There's a lot of Americans that think it's evil that we serve the Lord. Read it with me again. And if it, and if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord. And some people think it's evil that we serve the Lord. With everything going on with the marriage and how they're trying to you, uh, have uh, homosexuals able to marry and everything. And when we try to speak up for You're them, evil. You're a bigot. They have a, you're a homophobe, They have all those names they put on us. You know what? No, I'm just a Bible believer. I'm just a Christian. I've got a little bit of morals. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. So he's calling them out. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm calling you out. It's time to get on this side of the fence or get on this other side of the fence. Either get on the winning side with Jesus Christ or get on the losing side with the world. But you can't ride the fence all your life. You can't be at work and say one thing and then come to church and say another. You can't be at Walmart and say one thing and then go to church and say another. God doesn't like that. He calls it lukewarm. Get on, either get on one side or get on the other. Don't be a fence-sitter. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you need to choose today. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. He goes, you need to either serve the Lord or you need to serve the gods you're going to serve. Pick one of the other. Stop having one foot over here and one foot over here. And that's the way a lot of us are, man. We're one foot's in the world and the other foot's over here with the Lord. When it's the Lord giving us all our blessing, it's the Lord that has done everything in our life for us. It's the Lord that saved us and gave us a ticket to heaven. But we still want to keep that left foot in the world. Because there's, there's something about the world we like. It's that flesh. But look what he says next. And that's the top, this is the title of my sermon this morning. As for me, what Joshua says. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. He said, you know what? You can pick this side, and you need to pick it. You need to pick this side, or you need to pick that side. If you think it's evil, I'm serving the Lord. Whatever. I don't care. But as for me, I'm serving the Lord. And as for my house. We're serving the Lord. You notice Joshua didn't say, hey baby, is it alright for us to serve the Lord? He said, "Me in my house. We're serving the Lord. And we need more men in America to stand up and be men of their household. And so, you know what? Uh, this trash is not going to happen. As for me and my house, he speaks for his whole house, we're serving the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. it to get rid of it. You do what you want, but I'm serving the Lord. As for me, see that? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I grew up with some guys, and I didn't grow up in a family like this. Some of y'all, maybe some of y'all grew up in a family like this. If I grew up in a family. I, I heard of guys that grew up in a family that their dad would say, "As long as you're under my roof, you're going to church." Now, the family I grew up in, my mom, she wasn't like that. But I grew up with some friends that were like, had family like that. Maybe y'all knew some family like that. As long as you're under my roof, you're going to church. I know Linda's dad was like that. <laughs> Praise him, glory to God. We have men like that nowadays we have the kids telling the parents where they're going to go and the kids tell the parents what they're going to do that makes me sick well my kids won't like it at that church who cares bring them to church you know what i know about kids they'll sit down and they'll hear more than you think they will the kids hear a whole lot more and kids are a whole lot more smarter than you ever give them credit for i told you i've been over that daycare and the kids come over the daycare little bitty kids i mean like three years old me and Mama stayed at a hotel last night because Mama and Daddy were fighting. they were like, "Oh, okay, shh, 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 shh. I don't want to hear no more. <laughs> Just tell all the family secrets, you know." And you think that kid don't know? That kid knows. Listen, you know what? You go where you want to go, and you make your kids follow. I mean, I understand you want to do some things for the kids. I mean, I, you know, we love kids here, Amen. I love kids. I love all the grandkids that get brought in. I love all the kids that get brought in here. But you know what? I don't sit up at night wondering what I'm going to do for the kids. Maybe somebody else needs to take over that job. I don't know. But my point is, as a man of the house, go where you want to go. And as far as as me and my house, my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what's wrong with America. We don't have any men doing what they should be doing. And what happens? The women have to take over the road. And that's not the way God intended it to be. The men should be running the house. What I mean by that, the men should be going, you know what, we're going to church this morning, honey. And if you go, I don't care what you go, but we're going to church. As for me and my house, we will, we will, we will serve the Lord. I know so many guys. I want to say, well, I was a Baptist, but then when I got married, my wife was a let's just name it, like a whatever church of Christ. So we start going to church of Christ. You need to get that stuff settled way before you get married. Amen. You think so? Hey, we're about to get married. Uh, I'm a Baptist, or whatever you are. Uh, you know, I like to go to this church, whatever church it is. That's the church we're going to go to. I hope you're okay with that. Be a man. Put on your pants, have a little bit of guts. I love to read the old stories of how men used to be. I know some of y'all women are like, I don't like them. <laughs> I like them. I like the John Waynes of the world. Amen. Amen. I like the John Waynes of the world. I like those guys that got some guts. Amen. You know, I don't know anybody who says, I've got a picture of Jim Neighbors sitting at the house. I love him so much. <laughs> I don't even know women to do that. But I go in the house and say, John Wayne, you still the John. Men, 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 men. We need men in America. We need men in Christian faith. That's what I love about this church. This church has got a lot of good men in it. A lot of good husbands. that love the Lord. that are serving the Lord. And as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I heard the other day somebody telling me, well, I, I was made to go to church when I was young, and now that I'm old, I won't go to church. I was made to go. Yeah, I bet you were made to brush your teeth too. You don't do that anymore? You were made to take a bath or a shower. You don't do that no more? Come on. They're making you do it because that's the right thing to do. And now that you're older, you should be mature enough to know it's the right thing to do. To brush your teeth, to take a shower, to wash your soul. To come in and get a washing in the house of the Lord. Go to church and have some guts. As for me and my house, Joshua says, we will serve the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. All right, turn to 1 Samuel. Let's look at another one of these. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 12. You know, there's something going on in America. It's called a feminine spirit that's running through America. You know, it's this feminine spirit. You know, and you've got to understand, my background, I was raised in a single-parent home with a mom. And I would kill you over my mom. And I'm serious. I would have killed you if you'd done something to my mom. I love my mom, and I still love my mom to this day, and I can't wait to see her when I get up to heaven. But I lived in a household that had a single-parent mom. She did the best she could to me and I, for me, and I've told you stories of her chasing me with the belt and beating me, and CPS would have definitely come and hauled me away. At that. <laughs> you know, all this stuff happened. I deserve to be beat ten times worse than that. And if I just had some kind of male figure in my life, it would have straightened me out. I believe that. And if there's a chance we can, as men... To influence some kid in our life, we need to take the opportunity and do it. And I'm not saying spank them. I'm saying just be an influence. Men, that's what we can do for, for kids. And it could have changed. I had a man. Now listen, y'all know how I hit the Church of Christ all the time, amen? About some of the stuff. I had trouble with the Church of Christ. The only one I know that ever came by was this big old, his name is Joe Wilkerson. He was a big old bodybuilder. He was a Church of Christ youth minister. Somehow or another, somebody told him about me. I never met him before. He showed up my door knocked. He said, my name is Joe. I just want to come by. I'm going to see if you want to go out to eat. And I I know, yeah, because I'm a youth minister, I just want to talk to you. And you know what he did? He just took me out to eat. He took me out and took care of me. When he'd go on his little runs and talk to people, I'd go with him. He'd just come by and pick me up. You know what? He had more of an influence than anybody else in my life. Because there was a man's man that took a little bit of time to care for this young man, this young boy that was 15 years old. He had a big influence. And I wonder if that influence didn't have influence on me except in the Lord. Because I wanted to be like him. But he cared about me. I have no idea where he's at today. I remember one time we was riding along. And he's in this, I mean, he, I mean, this guy was big, man. And we're riding in the car. And this car cut him off. And I was in the passenger seat. He got mad at that guy. And, and he, he was going to chase that guy. We were close to my house. And that guy took off. And he pulled over the side of the house. And in my mind, I was like, man, if he gets a hold of that guy, he's going to kill him. I mean, really, he could kill He could just, like, take his head and go. Was that the right thing to do in the Lord? Probably not. I mean, as a young man, i seen him as a Christian. I knew that he was doing the right thing. He was loving on me. I just needed a male. I, needed, I had all the love I could get from my mom. I needed a male influence that would love on me. And he gave it to me. Look at verse 20. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 20. And Samuel, Samuel, this is Samuel's take on all this. Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. He's saying, I know you've been wicked. He said, but if you'll turn from all your wickedness and start serving the Lord, things will go a lot better for you. But you've got to serve, serve the Lord with all your heart. Notice he says, you got to serve the Lord with all your heart. Verse 21. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. He said, if you turn away from the Lord and start act, living your wicked life, you're going to start living after, and going after vain things. And I'm here to tell you, you might think you want to go after vain things. You might, be, you might want to live that wicked kind of life. You might want to live that kind of life where you go after vain. Let me tell you what's vain. It's all the fame and the riches and the pleasure this world offers. Those are vain things. Because in the end, they don't deliver. Just think about majority of the music stars, a majority of the movie stars. Where do they end up at? Usually in a grave, dead, not happy. It's really sad. Let me give you a perfect example. Now, I'm going to say this name, and when I say this name, half of y'all are going to get ready to stone me. Elvis Presley. Who, had, who was more famous than Elvis? Nobody. Who had more riches than Elvis? Very few people. He had his own plane. Did what he wanted to do. Amen? Elvis was saved. He's a born-again Christian. He had all the riches. He had all the fame. He had all the pleasures. He could have any woman he wanted. He could have any drug he wanted. He could do anything he wanted to do. Amen? He's, he has everything the world tells you you need. Right? Right, yeah, they tell you, oh, if I could just be famous and everybody recognize me, if I could just have all the money I wanted, if I could just have all the pleasures I could do, all any drug I wanted, any woman I wanted, any man, whatever, if I could just have all of that, how how happy I would be. Where did Elvis end up? He's a king of rock and roll. And he was sitting on his white throne, depressed, drugged, fell over dead. How's he gonna have to answer to Jesus Christ? I gave you all this musical ability. And he had it, amen. You had the looks. You had the mu- They said, I, I knew a guy that went to Abilene to hear him. And this is at the end of his life, right before he died. He went to Abilene, Texas to hear him. He said, I've been in all these concerts all my life. He said, but when Elvis started singing, the whole auditorium just filled with his voice. He said it was like it was something supernatural. His voice was that amazing. And God gave him that ability. And he tried sometimes to use it. His favorite, he loved to play hymns. And he had a lot of hymns he sang. And, and uh, the three Grammys that Elvis won were all for hymn songs. Did y'all know that? None of them for his rock and roll songs. All three Grammys that he won were for his hymns. How Great Thou Art. Amazing song. He did an amazing job with that. But he gave himself, he had one foot over here in, with the Lord. And he had his left foot over here in the world. Amen. And he's trying to live for the world and get all the fame and riches and the pleasures. And the Lord had given him all that ability and he sat with one foot over here. And in the end, he was sitting on his white throne on his toilet in his house. He was drugged up. He died, I guess, of a heart attack, overdose, whatever they want to say. They, have, they try to say it two different. He was just depressed and dead. Man, I don't want to end up like that. How about you? That's following vain things. That's what happens when you follow vain things. Which cannot profit nor deliver for they are they. Look at verse 22. For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake. You know why the Lord's not going to forsake you? Because His name's on you. I say this all the time. You know, we say, don't embarrass the family. Don't we say that all I mean, I say it all the time, but you know, don't go, don't go out with your hair looking like a monster's up there. Comb your hair. Don't embarrass the family. Go put some clothes on. Don't embarrass the family. Listen, you're part of the family of God. He can't forsake you. His name's on you. You're, you're a child of God. You represent Jesus Christ. Are you representing them? No. Because it is pleased the Lord to make you His people. So the Lord's pleased to have you in His family. But look at verse twenty-three. Moreover, as for me, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. First off, it says, "As for me, it'd be a sin if I didn't pray for you, guys." I'm here to tell you this morning. If you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord Savior. It's a sin that you're not praying for that soul. If you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's a sin if you're not praying for that soul. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. You know why I'm up here this morning? Because somebody prayed for Keegan Hall. Amen, Amen, guys. Amen. You don't think my mother didn't pray over me and pray over me and cry out to God because of the wicked lifestyle I was living? Pray to God, cry to God about the way I was living. Somebody cared about Keegan Hall and prayed for me. Amen. And somebody prayed for each and every one of you. Maybe it was a mother. Maybe it was an aunt. Maybe it was a grandmother or granddad. Somebody loved you and prayed for you. And we try to take the credit. Yeah, I accepted the Lord. You know what? The thanks to God's grace and Him showering us with grace and somebody praying over us where it'll prick our heart and where we'll be convicted, we went down and accepted the Lord or asked the Lord to save us wherever we were. But it all, with the root of all that, is prayer. Somebody was praying for you somewhere, somehow, Amen. Somewhere. I believe that. I believe that. You know, stuff will happen. You know, whenever I have, I've had some uh, really uh, tough funerals to have to preach. I'll call some of y'all up. Some of the ones I know, I pray. You know what I'll say to them? Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm about to do something really tough. Pray for me. You know, uh, I've heard Sister Patsy say this. I can feel your prayers. Yeah, Amen, Sister. I, I, there's been times in my life, wherever I'm preaching, whatever I'm doing, I'll feel people's prayers on me. You say, how do you explain that, Brother Key? I can't explain it. It's something spiritual. But I know the power of prayer, prayer is incredible. And, he, and Samuel says, hey, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. You might be be wanting to live this wicked lifestyle. You might think it's evil that I serve the Lord. But you know what? As for me, I'm going to be a light in the community. I'm going to be a light on the hill. Jesus Christ says, let your light shine. I don't want to put a bushel basket over it. I don't want to damper out this light. I don't care if it offends somebody. I don't care if it's too bright for you. I'm just going to stand here and let the Lord shine through me. And be a alive. As for me, that's what I'm going to do. You go do what you want to do. If you want to serve those other gods, you want to re- look for fame and riches and pleasures, you go do all that. I know where that leads. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and I'm going to continue to pray for you. Amen. That's what the Bible says. But I will teach you the good and the right way. That's what Samuel says the next set. He says, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. He said, I will teach you the good and the right way. It's our job to shine our light and to teach people the good and the right way. Go forth into and, and all the nations and teach them all things I've commanded you. That's what Jesus said. You're supposed to be teaching people. What's the good and the right way? I know the right way. See, you might say, the way is this way. It's this way. There's many ways to God. Uh, 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 uh. I know the way. As for me, I know the way. It's the way, the truth, and the life. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, it's a narrow way. It's a narrow way. To Him, to God, through the Father, through Jesus Christ, it's a narrow way. It's only one way. It's Jesus Christ. And I've, it's my job, it's my responsibility to teach you the good and the right way. If you turn on the TV, guys, or you listen to the radio, you know what they're doing? They're teaching you the wrong way. You listen to that music that some of y'all are putting in y'all's ears, some of that junk, it's teaching you the wrong way. There's a tear in my beard. And all the wrong ways to settle with the problems you have in your life. You know, I've had all, uh, when I go through the storms in my life, and all of us go through storms in our life, and you're going to go through a storm in your life, you know what's amazing to me? How many people come up and give me bad advice? You know, you, maybe your wife has left you or something bad's happened. Well, just go get drunk. And go find another one. <laughs> no, I've had them tell me that. Dude, I'm a pastor. I just go, well, then go like three towns over where they don't know you. <laughs> you understand what it's like to be, God put his call on you. If I was that stupid, I would go in the bar and I'd be like, ha ha ha. I'd go in the bar and there would be somebody from Brownwood sitting right there and knowing. <laughs> I don't care if I was in Alaska. That's how God works. He'd have them in there. Oh, you're the pastor of Indian Baptist. What are you doing in here? Oh, I'll come in here to street preach. Come on, guys. But they do give you bad advice. The world does it. But that's not our job. And as for me, I'm going to try to teach you the good and the right way. You don't have to take it. You don't have to agree with me. You can think I'm evil. Like Joshua said, you might think it's evil that I serve the Lord. But you know what? As for me, that's what I'm going to do. Now, I'm here to ask you this morning, is that you? Are you going to have that kind of attitude? See, that's kind of a little bit of an attitude, isn't it? That's a good thing to have. In this world we're living in, we need to have kind of an attitude. Say, you know what? You go do what you're going to do. As for me, this is what I'm going to do. You know what? I can respect somebody like that. It's so hard to respect somebody that's wishy-washy. And one day they're over here, and then the next day they're over here. And the world calls them hypocrites. They're just wishy-washy. I like somebody who says, you know what? That's the way it is. You can respect, even if I disagree with them, you can respect them because they're standing their ground and not wishy-washy. As Christians, we need to be standing our ground and saying, as for me, you no, know, do what you want to do. It's a free country, amen? It's a free country. Go live like you want to live. But as for me, this is what I'm going to do. And get it out. Tell them the truth. Look at verse 24. Only fear, only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. There it is, all your heart again. And there's the truth. Fear Him in truth. Serve Him in truth. Serve Him in truth. You could be a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness or whatever you are. And you're serving the Lord and you're not serving Him in truth. Oh, and you're real sincere. But you've got to have the truth. Where's the truth? Jesus Christ says, Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. So that's why when you talk to a Mormon, they try to take you away from the Bible take you to the Book of Mormon. That's why when you, take, you try to talk to a Jehovah's Witness, a Jehovah's Witness takes you from the Bible and takes you over to their magazines and over to their church. The Catholic Church, they'll take you from the Bible and try to take you to the church and the church tradition. Here's the truth, guys. And if you're going to serve the Lord, you've got to serve Him in the truth. The Word of God. For consider how great things... Now look, look down in verse 24. For consider... Here's something to consider this morning. How great things He had done for you. Why do you have such an attitude, Brother Keegan? Because God's been so good to me. And I'm considering how good He's been to me. And when you stop and consider, guys, how good the Lord's been to you, it does kind of give you an attitude like, you know what? Go do what you want to do. I'm going to do this. Because I've seen it work. And I know the right way. And as for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's that's, that's John Wayne kind of attitude, amen? Clint Eastwood, Chuck Norris, y'all name them. There's not a Jim Neighbors. My favorite episode, and I know y'all have all y'all's favorite episodes of, uh, what, uh, of Andy Griffith's show. One of my favorite ones were, uh, what's the guy, the, the, uh, Barney Five? He, he's do, he did something to Jim Neighbors. And he, he's at the gas pump, and he sees, I, I don't know if he's at the gas pump or whatever, but he, he sees Barney Five do a U-turn in the street. Yeah. And he starts running after him saying, Citizens Arrest, Citizens Arrest, you remember that? That's so, that's just so limp-wristed. I don't know how to put it. But that's just, I like the kind of movies where they take the guy out of the car and pow they'll hit him. Don't ever do that again. You know? Jim Napier's the kind of guy, citizens arrest, citizens arrest. Y'all do know he was a practicing homosexual, right? Okay, I just make sure to get that out. I'm going to help him get him out of the closet a little bit. John Wayne wasn't as far as I know. As far as I know. Hey, verse twenty-five. But if ye shall still, but if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. Guys, as for me in my house, this is what I'm going to do. But if you keep doing what you're going to do, you're going to be consumed. That's not good news, but that's the truth. That's the truth. And sometimes the truth is not good news, but the good news through Jesus Christ is there's a way out. You can be saved from all of that. You can be saved from being consumed by the Lord. And it's through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Let's close and one more real quickly. Let's close in Psalm 55. And I'll close here. Psalm 55. As for me, as for me, I will serve the Lord and so will my house. As for me, I'm going to keep praying for you. It would be a sin for me not to pray for you. Psalms 55. Let's look at what David said. Joshua said, as for me. Samuel said, as for me. Now let's look at... What David had to say about all this. Look at verse 15. Psalms chapter 55 verse 15. That's where we'll close. "Let, Let death seize upon them. He's talking about the wicked. Let death seize upon them. And let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me. As for me. I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. You know what he just said there? You can go to hell, I'm going to call on God and let him, through Jesus Christ, save me. Let the Lord save me. Sometimes we need to have an attitude like that. I I think you're wrong and I'm right. That's fine. Go on to hell. I'm going to call on God and through Jesus Christ ask him to save me. I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. That's a definite statement. That's not he might save me, he might think about saving me. He shall save me because I'm going to call on him. And verse 15 says, let them go down quick into hell. Hey, you just go on to hell, I'm going to get saved by Jesus Christ. As for me, I'm getting saved. So many people try to tell me, well, you're, you're not, there's so many different ways to God. There's different ways to get Him. There's different ways. No, there's not. And you can believe what you want to believe. It's going to send you straight to hell. And when you stand before God Almighty and His Son's on one side and you're standing there and you'll say, but, 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 but. You know what He's going to say? he said, well, Keegan was there and he told you. Whatever Christian it is, don't you want to be there? When God says, you know what? This guy right here, he didn't do a very good job. He was a sorry Christian. But he did tell you. And I'm proud of him because he had some guts and said, as for me, that Jesus Christ is the way. The only way. And I didn't just say that. That's what Jesus said. Amen. You know, I didn't make this stuff up. I didn't come up this off the top of my head. That's what the Bible teaches. And it's taught it for 2,000 years since Jesus Christ walked on this earth. He said, there's no way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father except by me. I didn't say that. Jesus Christ said that. Broad is a way into destruction. Narrow is a way into life. That narrow way is Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because he's the only one that died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. Amen. And shed his blood. Muhammad didn't. Buddha didn't. They didn't do nothing for you. As for me, I'm taking Jesus Christ. You can do whatever you want to do. But as for me, it's Jesus Christ all the way. Let's go Lord in prayer. Damn the Father, Lord, give us some courage. Lord, give us some gumption, Lord God, just to stand on our two hind legs, Lord God, and Look at the world, Lord, and tell them this is the way it is. And we know it because it's your word, Lord God. Lord, give us some bravery and some courage like these great men of God, Lord God, that you have put in your word that we can read about like Joshua and Samuel and David, Lord God. And we see in the rest of these stories, Lord, they weren't necessarily good men, Lord. They did some bad things, some really bad things, Lord, but they stood up for you. And they loved you, Lord God, and that's what we need to have. We need to have a love for you, Lord God, and some gumption just to stand up and tell it like it is. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking care of us, Lord. And if there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, Lord, or they, don't, they need to come down here and just get on the prayer altar, Lord, guys, so you speak to the heart right now, Lord. Get them on down here, Lord. And I know the way you are, Lord. You've been this way with me that if they come down this aisle, you'll meet them down here. And I thank you for being a God like that. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Fathers, have an invitation, brother. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. i got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10 verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you think of a time you called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray as you admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that he will save you. Now if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at indiangapbaptist.com, indiangapbaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.